Well, hello and praise the Lord. This is Evangelist Frank King. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. I greet you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, nothing should be more important to us than to be sure that we are right with God. If we fail on that point, nothing else matters in the end. The question is, how do we do that? Well, that's what I will be talking about today. I want to talk about God's plan of salvation. If you want to follow along with me, I will be teaching from Romans chapter 10, and I will be using the King James Version. We have numerous religions and denominations of religions in our world. Nearly all claim to have their way of getting right with God. But in John chapter 14 and verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. This is as clear as it gets. Jesus leaves no wiggle room in these words. According to him, there is but one way to God, and that is through him. Salvation is the real deal. We can be wrong on many things in life, and they won't be a game changer. But if we are wrong on the subject of salvation, that will have eternal consequences. Romans chapter 10 is our most complete and authoritative treatment of the subject of salvation. In verse 1 of that chapter, Paul expresses his concern for the eternal fate of Israel. He writes, My heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. So if he's saying he is praying for their salvation, to him their salvation was not secure. The question is, why did he have this concern for the Israelites? He says in verse 2, For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. So it was not because they were not passionate about God, because they were. He says, I bear them record. In other words, I am a witness. They have a zeal for God. The problem is that their zeal was not according to knowledge. Listen, just because you are deeply religious does not mean that you are saved. Just because you are deeply religious does not even mean that you are a nice person to be around. You can be one of the most religious people in the world and at the same time you can be one of the meanest people in the world. As for the Israelites, the problem was that they were passionate about God 
but they were ignorant of the truth about God, zeal void of knowledge. Verse 3, For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness, and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. He's saying that the Israelites were so busy trying to get right with God in their own way that they didn't have time to listen to God on how to get right with him his way. Many people are that way today. They have some wrong idea about how to get right with God and they are so busy pursuing that misconceived idea that they never give due attention to the truth about how to get right with God. Not knowing what to do, they just do what they know. And listen, God won't give you a pass for being wrong just because you are zealous about what you believe to be true. So let's get right to the bottom line question. That is, how do we get right with God? In other words, what is God's plan of salvation? Paul answers that question beginning at verse 9. He says, If you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So, according to this verse, in order to be saved, we have to do two things. Confess with our mouth and believe in our heart. And note that this verse does not say that if we do these things, we might be saved. It says we shall be saved. Paul expounds on this more in the next verse, verse 10. He says, For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Let's look at the first part of that verse. It says, with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. In other words, when we believe in our heart, and I emphasize in our heart, that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, and that God raised him from the dead, God declares us to be a righteous person. And the last part of that verse says that with the mouth confession is made to salvation. You see, if you really believe in your heart, you will confess with your mouth. In Matthew chapter 12 and verse 34, Jesus says, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you really believe that Jesus died on the cross and that God bodily raised him from the dead and that because you believe that 
that you are saved, you will speak accordingly. This is God's plan of salvation. This is how you get from down here to up there in heaven. This plan of salvation is simple, but don't let it fool you. There's nothing simple about what happens after we confess and believe as we have just talked about. Our doing so is the catalyst for something life-changing. You see, when a person comes forward to accept Christ, a miracle happens right before our eyes. It is called the born-again experience. That means God changes us on the inside and makes us a new creation. I gave my life to Christ at the age of 25. At that time, I attended a Baptist church, and the pastor did not specifically extend an invitation to salvation. He never mentioned the word salvation, but God saved me not because of the church's invitation technique, but because of what was in my heart. I didn't feel much different right then, but pretty soon I realized that I was. Since then, I have been preaching for over 40 years, and I have preached well over a thousand sermons. I have written books. I have been a Christian blogger for years, but I still can't mentally grasp how something so simple works so powerfully. I just know that God takes simple, faith-filled Bible preaching and radically saves messed up lives. It's like Taking a plane ride, I don't have to understand aeronautics and physics to avail myself of its benefits. I learned early in my ministry that the power of the gospel does not reside in my method of delivery. Some preachers are like monotone professors. Some lack pulpit etiquette as I do, walking all over the podium. Some preachers are high energy in their approach to preaching. But I have learned that the real power of preaching lies in someone hearing from God through his word and believing it. In Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, Paul writes, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of salvation to everyone who believes. In our country, we tend to associate value with cost. In other words, if something is of high value, it must cost a lot. If it does not cost very much, it must be cheap. So the thinking of many is that because they are in a terrible spiritual condition, it must take something radical and extreme to save them. Well, it does. But that's on God's part, not on ours. It cost him the barbaric death of his son. But he radically changes our total person 
when we come to him in genuine faith. Remember, the power of the gospel lies in what we believe, not in what we do. Listen, my friend, this is such a powerful and simple truth. I hope that you were blessed during our time together as we talked about God's plan of salvation. And for those who listen to this episode and have not accepted Christ as your Savior, you now know what to do based on what we have talked about today. Just say, God, I repent of my sins. I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins and that you bodily raised him from the dead. I hereby accept Christ as my Savior and my Lord. Amen. That simple prayer will radically change your life if you believe what you say. Amen. Praise God. Well, that brings us to the close of this podcast episode. Until next time, this is Evangelist Frank King saying, May heaven's best be yours.